Lost is the creation of two of Hollywood's hottest young producers, Damon Lindelof and J.J. Abrams. Damon Lindelof came up with the idea, which was survivors of a plane crash on a deserted island. And J.J. Abrams had huge success with Alias, and at least a cult following, and was very talented. So they asked him to come in on the show, and he became very passionate about this project. Abrams also wrote the Hollywood blockbuster Armageddon, and has just been signed up to direct Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 3. J.J.'s enthusiasm and clarity and eagerness to attempt a project is contagious. They definitely uh, think out of the box, if you will. <laughs> that can't be a polar bear. It's, it's a, a polar, polar bear. bear. Polar bears don't usually live in the jungle. Spot on. The, the network wanted to do a show that was about people who survived a plane crash and landed on an island. We had this meeting, which was on a Monday, and we started talking about what the story could be and got very excited about the possibilities. We turned in an outline that Friday and they called the next day and, and said, you know, it's greenlit, we want to make it. The, the bad news was that we had 12 weeks to turn it in, the final show. So we just started writing the script, casting it uh, simultaneously, location scouting, bought an airplane, shipped it to Hawaii where we decided, you know, we would shoot, and uh, we shot the pilot. Turned it around in 12 weeks, basically to the day the phone call came in. It's a week. Welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello and welcome back to Generally Speaking. This is the weekly Lost Podcast episode 29. Now, this is a continuation of our discussion of the summer review of season one and two, uh, the very first look at the pilot episodes. And yes, you do hear possibly some kids in the background um, doing some editing on this second half of our discussion. And I'm not going to really do anything more than just introduce you to the fact that if you are just joining us for the first time, please go back and listen to episode 28 uh, before getting into this, and then that way you will at least have an idea of where we've talked so far in this discussion, and this is just the continuation of that. And so without any further ado, here we are, joined back with Stephanie, my wife, and one of our fellow listeners to the Generally Speaking Podcast Network, and that would be Kim, also known as Good Things Coming from the Generally Speaking Lost Forum. Thank you very much. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. A couple of things about the pilot I think bear repeating. Number one was the fact that Charlie was actually in the front part of the plane when it uh, broke up, and yet he ended up on the beach when um, when everybody uh, when the plane had crashed. And secondly, um, Kate was talking to Jack. Stop it. All right. Before we go on, I I wanted to uh, point out real quick. Hold on one second. I'm going to back up his voice. He was actually in the very front of the fuselage part of the plane. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Uh, Paul, he went up to the front bathroom and we saw Cindy chasing him up all the way from the back of the plane through the midsection of the plane all the way through the front of the plane all the way up to the bathroom that is typically on that type of airplane right up behind the pilot. Well, we know for for a fact he was in 
the bathroom in the front section of the fuselage where the co-pilot was because that's where he went back and found his drugs the second time. And when he kind of, when the airplane did this little drop of 500 feet or whatever, he flew up to the ceiling and he immediately got out and sat in the very first row of seats. Even after he flew up and he comes back down, he falls out of the door and he rolls a little bit and then gets up and runs to the nearest seat. Yes. So he could have rolled back to the... You think he could have rolled all the way to the center section? I think it threw him. I don't believe that, but... But I, I, I think that this is this was some kind of fundamental error. I think that you just got to make it make sense because he's on the beach and obviously he was in some way in part of the fuselage section of the plane. Well, okay. here, if we're, if we're going to argue that point, Cindy was the one that was chasing him all the way up. There the you go. Bathroom. Exactly. How did she end up with the tailies? In the tailies because they don't ever, that I have noticed, show her go back to the back of the plane. They did right. not and show the, her. I, I don't think that there was enough time for her to go straight from the cockpit all the way back to the fuselage. Not and before back to the, the back tail. of the plane broke off. No, nope. right. And and they were and she was very adamant about getting Charlie. So somebody. So she's not just be... going to all of a sudden. Hmm. Let me go back right. to the back of the plane. Somebody should be less <laughs> concerned about how Charlie got from the bathroom to the fuselage section of the plane should be more concerned about how Cindy made it from the front of the plane all the way to the tail before it broke off. Right. And people could argue that when Charlie was in the bathroom, you heard a male flight attendant outside banging, open the door, open the door. It was the security. Whoever it was, but, you know, where was Cindy at that time? Well, Cindy was on, you know, the loudspeaker telling everybody what to do. Get back to your seats, you know, fasten your seatbelt. Here's the deal. We can go back to the whole thing that Dharma is responsible for bringing the plane the others control the nanobot machine thing, and the nanobots actually flew up into the sky, and they were able to gain enough energy and strength to do so as a result of Desmond not pushing the button, and therefore they went up, captured the bl- the plane, they the nanobots broke it into three pieces, and we know it has the strength to do that because they make a point to show us that the trees can be moved and swayed and knocked down w- with no problem whatsoever. So it breaks it into three places. It actually physically takes Cindy to the back of the plane, puts Charlie into the midsection of the plane, and the reason why, and it puts, and it takes the seats out of the out of the fuselage and places Bernard up on a limb just to taunt him and and it actually carefully lowers the plane to the ground except for except for the tail section which i believe that he the nanobots have dropped lightly very lightly individually the people in the water and then it lets the tail section <laughs> crash into the ocean. Okay, so okay, what else? It, does, so, so, so what else does Paul have to say? It's an interesting theory. You're making fun of my theory. No, <laughs> no. Is that no. your theory? I like it. I mean, it, the only that's the, the only way I can believe all these people existed and all these people can go without broken bones is if hello the nanobots, the nanobots healed them. It drops them to the ground, but then it started healing them. And the reason that the the pilot's pl- face was so mangled when he's in the top of the tree is because when the crashed he hit his face on the on the windshield and so it mangled him up but then they started to heal him and so when the monster pulled him out of the plane and he died he resembled his first injuries Weiss Ooh, isn't I like that Weiss isn't dead 
Yeah, and since Alias is off now, he can come back. Weiss is not dead. The, the, the co-pilot's not dead. The guy in the tree is the pilot. I thought Weiss was the pilot. No, Weiss yeah. was like, okay. The, okay, then the guy in the tree was the co-pilot. And Weiss was never actually taken. Weiss works for Dharma, along with Cindy... And we're going to see Weiss again. And, Why do we and, keep calling him Weiss? Because that's so his alias name. I know. <laughs> well, He's we, the pilot in okay. the pilot. The, okay, yeah, the, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Weiss, the, 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 the character who plays the pilot, who gets sucked out of the, the windshield by the monster, is was a main character on Alias. Um, alias. It goes back to the crackpot theory with right. Gunslinger. And okay. on Alias, on Alias... The character's name is Weiss. Yes. And that's why we keep calling him that, because that's what we know him as. Yeah, he has no okay. name on this. He, the, so the pilot's the pilot. not dead. The, if, if he was the pilot, we don't know if White, the, the guy, this character, if he was the pilot or the co-pilot. We don't know that. So if he's the pilot, then the the guy in the tree... We know that he's the pilot because he's on the left-hand side of the plane. I don't know hey, anything you know about what? flying. Maybe, maybe he turned into the hurly bird. <laughs> Ooh. No, I, I think... I think the pilot is the he now. The he now. Oh, seriously? No, because I, I don't believe that the guy up in the tree that we saw was actually the the pilot. I, 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 I personally believe that the, the... Well, I don't know. Then it goes back to that whole thing that Kim saw, said is in the transcripts of the whispers that killed the pilot. Never mind. That... You just ruined I my just theory. Said. I just ruined my own theory. Kim wins. That's because you tried to destroy mine. I wasn't destroying. I was building my own. And, and hey, oh. Cliff, you just lost a tally. Yeah, tally, <laughs> tally, schmally. All right, let's see what Paul has for point number he, two. Um, Kate was talking to Jack, saying, "I remembered everything about the crash," and I was wondering if that wasn't because she couldn't get her uh, oxygen mask on as quickly as the other, since she was handcuffed, and maybe there was some kind of uh, knockout gas in the uh, the system of the plane. Anyway, just a couple of little points that. Even in the pilot, they had some unusual things. Um, love the podcast, and uh, stay lost. Bye-bye. Paul, thank you very much. And that is something that I had never readily thought of before. And that could be a very good reason, because we do know from looking at that, of the survivors that they show flashbacks on the plane, everybody but Kate did put on the oxygen mask, even Charlie. We saw put mm-hmm. on the oxygen mask. But have we heard Poor from Charlie? The other he didn't need to get any higher. What'd you say, yeah. Kim? Have we heard from the other Losties? Have we found out if all of them were knocked out? You know, when they hit when they hit the island. I don't think so. We haven't heard from all of them, but just I guess just if you were to just assume right. based upon what they've just showed us. You know, it also could have been that Kate was probably one of the most calm people. Everybody else was freaking out and yeah. screaming and going, "Oh my God!" And she was able to keep her herself more she calm, was. her her breathing controlled, and you're more apt to. She got the mask you know, on the on right. the marshal before herself, right? She, and she got she the was, cuffs off. Yeah. Yep. You know, I think that thinking. she was in, more in control. I agree with you. That, that Maybe could that be. had something to do with it. But I do like Paul's theory of the of the sleeping gas, and and that could very well be. And so uh, we're trying to be open to all theories out there. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's one of the fun things about loss is that you know eventually somebody will be right, just like Mike Duchek. So thank you very much, Paul, for calling in. We encourage you to call in again and 
and uh, bring us some more theories that you might have. And uh, we have the gunslinger back one more time, and he brings up a very important point that I think is very interesting. Hello, this is the gunslinger from sunny Northern California. I was sitting down to enjoy the first segment of the Summer Review, Seasons 1 and 2, not expecting anything in the least bit unusual to occur. And then I saw the scene where Jack and Rose are talking on the plane about turbulence, and I noticed that there is something mysteriously missing from Rose's necklace, namely Bernard's ring, the very ring that she says she always wears because Bernard's fingers swell up. So I had to ask myself, where's Bernard's ring? Why isn't it on her necklace? Could she be lying about it? I know a couple prominent theories believe that Rose is another. This might give some credit to that theory. I've included a couple screenshots, so check it out and let me know what you think. Until next time, vaya con Dios, and stay lost. Thank you very much, Adam, for that. And uh, what do you guys think? Did you guys notice that at all? I didn't notice that at all. Was that a good catch or what? So, yeah, Bernard's <laughs> ring is missing. The only thing is, okay, if we're going to shoot down theories, then I believe that because of the turbulence, the ring jumped up and actually made it all the way around to the backside, and it's covered by her shirt. There you go. That's a thought, yeah. <laughs> Uh, TiVo it and watch it frame by frame. You'll pick things up. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, I've I've said that at work like two or three times, and everybody just looks at me like, uh, what's she talking about? I know. <laughs> and I just sit there and giggle to myself like I've got my own inside joke and nobody understands. I know. It's, it's <laughs> like we're this community of people who have this inside joke on everything, and, and only other Lostaholics will know about it. So anyway, Stephanie is going to yawn there oh, as we sorry. move right on into... Cliff is just so entertaining. I'll tell you. <laughs> Thanks, babe. I love you, too. Yeah, what's that say about me? I'm sitting here, huh? No. Yeah. What are you mm-hmm. saying about Kim? Cliff was talking. <laughs> All right. We have some news I think Stephanie's going to bring to us, so let's go I ahead am. and check it out. Lost in the News. And Stephanie, what do we have in the news today? Not a lot, but (laughs) things that I found interesting. This is quite a ho-hum summer for news, isn't it? Quite. But I'm not using those words anymore. (laughs) Stephanie has wiped ho-hum from her vocabulary. (laughs) Not there? And and in Christmas, it's a good thing we don't believe in Santa Claus because she would not even be able to say ho-ho-ho. Or hum, hum, hum. <laughs> she won't be humming any Christmas carols. No, I won't. Seriously. Um, I was checking online for some news, and I saw where um, the Honolulu Star Bulletin had posted a, um, an article um, that back in October, we'll remember that Josh Holloway and his wife were robbed at, at gunpoint. Yes. Um, and they caught that man. <laughs> Which I thought, I thought was pretty cool. And um, he's a young guy. Poor kid. He's pretty messed poor up. Poor kid. But um, just because he's young. He, he's 21 years old. And I just think 21 that years old is not young. And it is, robbing a man and his wife she, at gunpoint. I wasn't finished. Is not poor. I'm I, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, Stephanie, mute him. If I could, I would. <laughs> I muted. I muted myself. <laughs> Are you happy? <laughs> Praise God. Okay, but um, but the article goes on to say that apparently he was on um, somewhat of a crime spree. Where within, oh yeah, poor kid. <laughs> you don't know his circumstances. I don't, Mister Judgmental. Um, there may be a perfectly good and logical reason for him to uh, arm robbery somebody. 
<laughs> What's the title of the episode coming up? All Cowboys Have Daddy Issues? Yes. Could all be about daddy issues. He might have some everything. Daddy issues. Everything in life can be summed up to a lost episode title. Okay. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. I beat you. Okay, so um, there's also an article on there um, that briefly mentions Jorge Garcia being on yes. Celebrity Poker. Poker, my favorite. Oh yeah. Okay, now he's dancing. Seriously, I need the mute button. Okay. Um, Naveen I love and- some good Texas Hold'em. I'm, I'm serious. Rem, where are you for the summer? My, my, fa- my favorite episode, little island thing, was when uh, Jack and Sawyer were playing the Texas poker, Hold'em. Yeah. I love it. That that was a good that was a good segment. Okay, so Jorge um, Garcia was just so I just want to point out yeah. celebrity poker. Celebrity poker. We no longer have. Bless you. Oh, oh, excuse Bless you. me. We no longer have TiVo, and and we no longer have Dish Satellite. We have no access to, I think, what is it, Bravo? So yes. if anybody knows how I can actually get a copy of the episode of Celebrity Showdown Par- Poker with Phil Gordon and and and, and Hugo or um, Jorge. Jorge Garcia, I want to see that episode of Celebrity Poker. I used to watch that all the time. I'm yes, dying did. now oh, that I know goodness. he's on it, and I missed it. And um, Naveen Andrews is going to be in an upcoming movie. It's um, a science fiction slash horror kind of thing, I think is what it said. Um, it's actually going to be two small movies put together, um, one done by Quentin Tarantino and, and one done by um, another director. He's actually going to be in the one with the other director, so I probably should have written that name down, and I apologize that I didn't. And um, very exciting news for all of us who still use wall calendars is you can buy your, you can pre-order your 2007 lost wall calendar. Oh. That rocks. I wonder if it'll have Miss Clairol. Probably. Hmm. And um, my favorite thing that, but it was really long and I couldn't share it, but if you want to go to um, lostlinks.net, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, lostlinks.net, there is... Um, the bullet for it says, um, death, where is thy sting? And it is an article about, um, popular TV dramas who are now, um, back when, back when Dallas was on, which I used to watch that with my daddy. So it was pretty funny. Um, they killed off a popular character being, um, Bobby Ewing. Ewing, And they got a lot of slack for it. And their (laughs) ratings went down. And so they ended up having to bring him back. And do you remember how they brought him back? It was a dream. It was a dream. But um, but after that Could happened, that be some kind of indication, maybe. Mm. Mm. But anyway, after that happened, television really um, shied away from killing off main characters in in TV shows until recently when it is becoming like this huge phenomenon. And they mentioned Lost in there and some of the characters that they've killed off and and um, the Sopranos and Twenty Four and and some other shows that are getting pretty kill happy with their characters. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And I, I, oh, death, where is thou thing? That on lostlinks.net. Yes. Sounds like it would be an interesting article. And it, it, to read. It, I think it says, um, death, where is thy sting? 
um, prime time or something like yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah I, I like I liked Boone and Shannon, and I'm very upset that they are no longer on this island. And and I believe that the island's healing power should be able to resurrect them from their grave. Yeah, and they should come back in season seventeen. Or are they really dead? Ooh, but you know they're all already dead. Yes, we're already dead. <laughs> okay, next up we have Eric's lost experience report. Now, this is a report that comes in uh, whenever Eric has the opportunity to put together. Uh, During the summer hiatus, um, the producers of the show have decided that they were going to give us Lost fans uh, an internet alternate reality game that kind of gives insights into the storyline of what's happening on the island. And this can be viewed uh, via the website through certain phone numbers and voicemail systems and just a slew of commercials and just all kinds of things. And there's an entire segment of our section of our forum that is devoted to the lost experience. If you want to follow along and Eric puts together some of the uh, insights as to what's going on. And to be honest with you, since Eric's come aboard and done this, I unfortunately haven't really followed the lost experience. And I just listened to him tell me what it all is. And now last week, uh, he didn't get his report in, so this week he was going to put together last week's and this week's and put it together. Now, it's not here yet, but he says it'll be here tomorrow morning, and so I am going to put... Edit it in. I'm going to edit it in, so... Here's Eric with his Lost Experience Report. And I'm Cody. In the USA Today ad for Thursday, May 25th, there is an article about Bad Twin entitled, The Book the Hansel Foundation Doesn't Want You to Read. It says, Dear Loyal Readers, Since we were founded in 1991, Hyperion has published thousands of titles from hundreds of respected authors. Hyperion stands behind each and every one of these books with pride. We do not take any accusations of liberal lightly, and certainly not when they mask an attempt to censor one of our authors. The Hansel Foundation has lashed down at Gary Troop's bad twin. Before publication, this meticulously researched book was carefully vetted by our legal and research departments. All of Mr. Troop's claims about the Hansel Foundation have been verified as true. Having failed to stop publication in the courts, the Hansel Foundation is now waging a PR campaign in your newspapers, offering no evidence to back up their wild claims of inaccuracy. If you want the truth, unfettered by Hansel Foundation propaganda, we encourage you to read Bad Twin. The truth is in there in black and white. Thank you and good reading. Robert S. Miller, Hyperion Books. And in other news this week, during Boston Legal, there was a commercial for the Hansel Foundation, which had a link for retrieversoftruth.com. This site features a Dr. Vincent who works with Golden Retrievers. These Golden Retrievers are said to have clairvoyant powers. Ironically, the doctor's name is Vincent, and the only Golden Retriever we know of in the Lost Universe is Vincent, Walt's dog. So, since Walt has displayed clairvoyant powers before, and Vincent, the dog, is his dog, 
you can't help but wonder that maybe there is some sort of truth to this, and that we will see Vincent play a much bigger role in the future seasons. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Wow, Eric, thank you very much for that awesome Lost Experience report. And uh, moving right along, I think it's time to go. Stephanie, are you laughing because we really didn't hear it? Is that what you're laughing about? Well, I heard something, didn't you? I heard the whole thing. What if What if it's really not great? Like you said, wow, thanks for that great Lost Experience report. It was awesome. I just what, heard it. What if it's ho-hum? Oh, no. Oh, you said it. You said those words. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. You're in trouble. You said it last week, too. I caught it. <gasps> Did you say it last week? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I tried to sneak it in. It's like an Easter it's egg. It's an Easter egg. JaVale! is here! Hi, uh, this is Pam from San Francisco, and uh, I'm just calling about uh, the last podcast in which you were talking about uh, how many people had died when the the deck that Hurley uh, went on to collapsed. And um, you've probably already uh, gotten other uh, emails or or calls about this, and I I don't have an audio clip, but um, it's uh, at the end of the episode, Dave, when... um, Hurley is on the cliff, and, and Libby is trying to talk him away from the edge of the cliff. Uh, Hurley says, Yeah, well, did you know I'm so fat that I killed two people? And that is uh, where we get the information how many people died uh, when the deck collapsed. Uh, and uh, that's it. I enjoyed the podcast. Keep up the good work. Bye. Stephanie, are you listening? I am so listening. Pat, thank you, thank you, thank you. Clifford, you can applaud me now. <laughs> Woo! And I want to hear you say the words. You were right. Thank you. I was wrong. Yes! Life is good. (laughs) Life is good. I want to thank Pat. I want to thank you, Kim. I want to thank thank the 48 people who sent me confirmation that two people were killed. No, seriously, I'm so thankful that they did, really. Because I've heard people say two people over and over and over again. And I unfortunately did not TiVo and watch that episode over and over and over again. And people had caught where Hurley actually did say... Yeah, well, did you know I'm so fat that I killed two people? And I didn't know that. I I was always... You know, I just took from the section where we found out that he had killed some people. And um, it's important that if... Here's here's the thing. I don't mind being wrong because I know that I am quite often. I, I mean, I might act like I'm not... And I might try to find some way to to be right, even when I am wrong. And uh, I'm egotistical like that. And you can read my iTunes review that talk all about how egotistical I am. So anyway, um, the the point is is that when I'm wrong, if rather than just saying Cliff, you're totally wrong, how can you say something like that? I mean, just show me some kind of supporting evidence because I've had about probably about twenty or thirty people prior to last week's episode who have told me. Cliff, you keep saying 23 people died. It's only two. But nobody, none of those people, have ever given me any kind of supporting evidence. You're telling me that for months I've been saying two people were killed, and had I not been at home taking care of your three children day and night and had time to TiVo it and watch it frame by frame, so you could pick something up that you would have told me I was right months ago? Yes. Well, goodness gracious. 
You want your DVR back, don't you? I still want my DVR back. I can't take it anymore. I want my, I want my DVR. That was really bad. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to Steve from Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Stephanie and Cliff. Love your podcast. Listen, uh, this is Steve from Omaha, Nebraska. I have a comment about Rosinski, uh, Kelvin's uh, early partner in the hatch who we've never met. My theory is, how do we really know that Kelvin's telling the truth and Rosinski killed himself and died? What if instead Rosinski turns out to be the fake Henry Gale? That would explain, in my mind, during the lockdown episode where we know that the button was pushed now and how the doors came up because we saw that business where Desmond was taught by Kelvin how to spark the wires and cause the doors to go up and down. You know, I'm sitting there thinking... I'll bet the fake Henry Gale knew all about that and did all that on purpose. So that's it. I'm just wondering if maybe he's really the Rosinski that Kelvin referred to. That's it. Great podcast. Love to hear you guys. Love to hear Stephanie giggle. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you very much. I just think it's so funny that people love to hear me giggle. Absolutely. Hey, my my laugh annoys me, so I think it's funny that other people enjoy it. I like it when we get to the point where we're laughing hysterically and can't breathe. Like and was my, last week? And my gut starts hurting. <laughs> so anyway, that usually happens when we record about 3 o'clock in the morning on really bad late nights. Uh, well, anyway, Steve, thank you very much for calling in. I think that's a very interesting theory. Um, I, I think last week I had mentioned that I think perhaps Mr. Friendly may actually be called Mr. Radzinski. And the idea is that uh, if Radzinski really did... Uh, become the brown spot on the ceiling, then perhaps uh, Mr. Friendly is still Mr. Radzinski, only his twin brother. Or, um, like you said, perhaps it's all a lie, and and either Mr. Not-So-Henry Gale or Mr. Friendly could be Radzinski. So, thank you very much for calling in. I uh, love that theory. And uh, let's go on to Eddie from Tampa, Florida. Hello, my name is Eddie uh, from Tampa, um, I just wanted to uh, have a theory about the uh, um, the electromagnetic waves on the island and the magnet and that whole explosion that took place on the season finale. Um, I was doing a little research on the Internet, and I found um, where a website, it's under freepressinternational.com, and on there they have a documentary about the government using electromagnetic waves in order to control the weather so I believe that this this that's what um, the Dharma uh, Hansel Foundation um, the Whitmore Industries and maybe the Pike Industries were trying to do they were trying to get together to uh, use magnets and electromagnetic waves in order to conduct experiments with the weather um, even to use weather to weaponize the weather um, and I think that maybe Penny found out that maybe her father used that project in order to get rid of Desmond forever so I believe that with her money and with her motivation she was able to um, hire somebody to detect any magnetic anomalies in the in the climate in the environment or whatever and uh, in order to find this one island that these magnets were being used to do this. 
So that's my theory. If you want to look at it, it's on uh, fr uh, Free Press International and they have .com, and they have a documentary on there talking about all this and maybe how it relates to Lost. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. It's an interesting theory. I really like that theory. You like that, huh? Love it. That's great. A weaponized weather manipulation machine. Hmm. That would, I, I mean, we there was, there was a lot of correlation to when rain came pouring down out of nowhere and when something bad would happen. Yeah, and yeah. Locke also knew when the rain was going to come. He did, didn't he? Mm -hmm. It's as if something that was within his body or his being, maybe something that was giving him the energy to stand, even though his legs are paralyzed, was kind of something would happen. Because, you know, of course, we saw the rain start out of nowhere uh, while Locke is sitting on the beach. And perhaps he felt something in his legs kind of twinge for that first time. And then later in another episode, he was he kind of felt that and he goes, ah, it's getting ready to rain. Hmm. What do you think? I think it was later in uh, in season one where they were getting ready to launch the raft. Ars was mentioning how it rains every afternoon and they're on the cusp of monsoon season possibly. And maybe it wasn't just coincidental. Maybe it was Locke was just paying attention to where the sun was setting and knew that, okay, it's going to rain every day at 3.01 p.m. That could be as well. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Let's go ahead and move on to another listener. Now, this next listener is uh, an actual client of mine from my office. His name is Joe Fiorini, and he has a message for us. And I will... Uh, one, I actually want to apologize for Joe, or to Joe and his fiance and now wife. Uh, they actually have called in a couple times over the last couple months, and each time, unfortunately, he's had a very bad connection and the audio was just unusable. And in fact, the audio is not great here, and I had to spend a little time cleaning it up. But at least we do have an audible uh, comment from Joe. And so, Joe. Let's hear what you have to say, because actually I think I'm going to like very much what Joe has to say. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Joe Fiorini from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. I had a comment on your previous episode, part one, of your Live Together, Die Alone reactions, or I guess your closer look. You keep touching on the whole Libby having been hired by Dharma to give her boat to, um, to Desmond. And you keep backing away from it, saying that it's that it's crazy and crackpot. You know, that's the first thing I thought when I saw when she when she offered her boat to him. Like, oh, that's kind of a strange coincidence. He needs a boat. She just happens to have one. Um, I really don't think it's that crackpot at all. And in fact, I think it's very probable. I mean, um, you know, obviously uh, Charles Whitmore had something to do with the uh, um, something to do with the contest and bringing Desmond to the island and he needed some sort of vehicle to get him there. I'm sure there, he had some sort of, con he must have had some sort of contact with Libby, found her and had her approach him and give him the boat. I don't think it's that hard to believe. Uh, just thought I'd bring in my two cents and that's about all I had. So keep the great work and join the show. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you very much, Joe. And, you know, was it was it after three minutes that I had kind of thrown in the towel and gave Rem the you are right 
whole thing. It's after she outed Michael. Was that in three minutes? Yeah, that, it was, yeah, yeah. So, and was that when we found out about? We didn't find out about the boat until the season finale, right? Right. right. Okay. So, so here, here's the here's the timeline. Rem and I argued about it for several months, probably is at least seventeen or eighteen weeks of podcasting. And my whole thing was Libby was another, and he was like, no, she was a psych ward patient, and and. So finally, when Libby got killed, and I figured they didn't have the opportunity to really show her as an other, I had kind of said that Rem is right, and I kind of threw in the towel, and Rem did his special musical, and uh, we all got a kick out of that, and he did the little song called Rem is Right, Cliff is Wrong, and and in the season finale, Joe, you're exactly right. In fact, I think it was either, it was in one of my Closer Look uh, episodes, I had said that perhaps... Maybe I had given up too early on that, and and maybe that I was right that Libby is another, uh, or at least some way tied to what's happened. So, very good. I, I, I you know, I don't want to be wishy-washy, but unfortunately, it seems like I may be in this area, and, and that I will have to say, Joe, that, that something else is going to be told about Libby. I believe that we'll see more of her in other flashbacks in the future. Matter of fact, I happen to know that because we've heard that from the producers of the show. And so uh, we'll, we'll find out, I guess, maybe next season. Yeah, I really like his theory. I think um, maybe we can expand on it a little bit even. Um, maybe Charles Woodmore approached Libby and said, hey, why don't you give this guy, Desmond, your boat? I mean, you don't want it around anyways. It's just a constant reminder of your dead husband. And she thought, okay, yeah, let's get rid of the thing that causes me pain. And that's what a lot of people are going through when they're going through the grief process. Maybe he paid her. Exactly. Well, maybe he paid her, and she was just very accepting of it at the time because she was still heavily grieving. But maybe that's why she ended up in the psych ward after that is because she realized she gave up the one thing that still connected her to her husband Hmm. and that represented the love that he had for her, naming the boat after her. So you're saying she would have been in the psych ward after after that's she gave Desmond the boat. <laughs> right, because she realized, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. Yep. I would agree. That's a good theory. I very much like that. So I, I'm very eager for uh So do you still three. think she went in before? I, I, I Part of my theory is that, that you know, is that she... I, I think there's a possibility that she went in before. Part of Cliff's theory is that for next season, they're going to call him to be a writer on the show. (laughs) He can just write in all his own theories. There you go. Alrighty. So, anyway, this music right here, I played last week. It's now going to be played in every podcast that we do from here on out. No, it's not. (laughs) It's a great song. It is. I love that song. Alright, Kim, I'm I'm turning down the music. Late last night I went outside. I'm turning down the wrong thing here. Okay, so, Kim, can you hear us? I can. Okay, so basically the reason why I'm playing this is, of course, we did play it in our podcast last week. It's a very wonderful song, and then one that we kind of joked around that would be a great song for Charlie to uh, sing to Claire. And it's from Kimo Watanabe. And it's a song called Paua Valley. And Paua Valley happens to be in Honolulu, Hawaii. And uh, I just thought it was a perfect 
uh, connection to the island. And so we had an interesting comment on our show notes for our podcast. And I'm going to ask you, Kim, if you wouldn't mind reading this email from somebody named Kimo Watanabe. Sure. Aloha Mai. Just wanted to drop you a quick note to say Mahalo Anui Loa. Thank you very much for playing and supporting my music. I listened to your lost show today. Great stuff. Keep up the great work, and I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed the song so much. Malamo Pano Meke Akua Iho Opo Makai. Yeah, he says a whole bunch of stuff there, and that means take care and God bless you and your family. Let me tell you, Kim, you did a whole lot better than I was <laughs> no going doubt. to do. So, uh, Kimo has uh, sent us this message, and I not only played his song on, on this podcast, but also did it on my Crazy Life podcast, and uh, used his music as a background on that show. And anyway, he and I have been emailing back and forth to each other, and I found out that his gr- he is currently living in Utah, and he... Uh, has roots both in Utah here or here in the states anyway, and also in Hawaii. His grandmother uh, lives in Hawaii, and and she lives in Paoa Valley. And he liked to go out and sit out at night and feel the cool, cool breeze. And so it, it's it, the really cool thing about all this is that it's really neat to get to know a musician that that has put together a song that has become uh, something that you love to listen to over and over again. So. Uh, that's one of the beauties of the Podsafe Music Network. And uh, so, Kimo, we thank you very much for your beautiful music and uh, look forward to telling people when they can actually purchase your music. So please let us know when that's available. And uh, we're very eager to hear some more music from you. Uh, this is an edited point into the show here. And I do have an announcement that I have been again in email conversations with Kimo Watanabe and as a result of my telling him about some of the artists on Podsafe Music Network having the ability to uh, have their customers purchase music uh, he went in and checked into that and now you can purchase that song finally on the Podsafe Music Network so just go to music.podshow.com and do a search for Kimo Watanabe and if you just type in K-I-M-O, I'm sure you'll be able to find him. And I'm going to go ahead and return you back to the show now and going to go help my son get to the next level on Sonic the Hedgehog. So back to the show. Hey, Generally Speaking listeners, it's time for our weekly Lost Trivia Report from Trivia Central in San Antonio, Texas. This week's trivia quiz is written by me, Molly H., and was a re- season two review of the first 12 episodes. Here are the questions. Number one. In Man of Science, Man of Faith, when Walt first appeared to Shannon and spoke backwards, what did he say? Number two. In Adrift, when Locke and Kate met Desmond for the first time, how long did they say they had been on the island? Number three. In Orientation, where did Locke go after staying his first night with Helen? Number four. In Everybody Hates Hugo, what was the name of the girl that Hurley had a crush on that worked in the record store? Number five. What did Jack tell son he had did when he lost his wedding ring in and found? Number six, in Abandon, what did Walt say in his second appearance while talking backwards? Number seven, during the other 48 days, what did the tailies find in the aero station? Number eight, in Collision, how many times did Anna shoot Jason? What other 815 survivor appeared in Kate's flashback in What Kate Did? And where was he or she seen in the episode? Number ten, name three of the books of the Bible on Echo She's a Stick. 
when we saw a close-up during the 23rd Psalm. Number 11. In the hunting party, who did Mr. Friendly quote during his encounter with Jack, Sawyer, and Locke? What was the quote? Number 11. What was the name of the painting that hung in Charlie's childhood home that opened the episode Fire and Water? Give the title of the work and the artist's name. The answers are... Number 1. Press the button. No buttons back. Locke had said that they had been on the island for 44 days. Number 3. After being with Helen for the first time, he went to his dad's house. Number four, Starla was Hurley's crush. Number five, Jack said that he went and looked in the garbage outside, emptying bags and everything. He even took apart the pipes in his bathroom because he was convinced it had gone to drown the drain. Finally, he gave up and went to a jeweler and had the rec- a replica made and never told Sarah the truth. Number six. Number seven, the tailies found a Bible, blankets, and a glass eye in the arrow station. Number eight, Anna shot Jason six times. Number nine, Saeed was seen on the TV in the military recruitment office in what Kate did. Number ten, Mr. Echo's Jesus stick contained the books of the Bible, Revelations, Psalms, Colossians, and Titus. Number eleven, Mr. Friendly quoted Alvar Hanzo, saying, From the dawn of our species, man has been blessed with curiosity. Number 12. The baptism of Christ by Verchico was in Charlie's childhood home. This week's winner was Dan 23X. This weekend, I'll be putting up a new quiz, a quiz reviewing the last 11 episodes of Season 2. Check it out on the forum at ravenscraft.org slash lostforum. From Trivia Central in steamy San Antonio, Texas. Have a cluckety cluck cluck day. This isn't what was supposed to happen. What's going to happen? You don't want to know what was supposed to happen. I know. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You know what? You're not going to find out. Don't you want to know? Three. You actually pointed at me and it's my turn. That's right. Good job. <laughs> That scared me to death. I'm sitting over here doodling on my notes and it's like... Anyway. So, coming up on Lost for next week, our homework assignment is to watch episodes three and four. Tabula Rasa is episode three. That's Kate-centric. And um, so we learn a little bit more, or a little bit about Kate in in this episode. And, um, and some things are going on on the island as well um, as they are kind of settling in and realizing that nobody's coming mm-hmm. and episode four is one of cliff's favorites it is walkabout yes and it is lock centric and it's um the first time we have some things revealed about lock and um that really that really um define his character so that'll be interesting to watch again so you have until next weekend to view episodes three and four and then by next weekend we'll have another podcast out and we want you to go and invite all your friends who haven't watched lost and ask them to come join us for this summer review of seasons one and two and uh apologize to them in advance that we are just spoiler crazy because i don't i don't know how we're possibly going to be able to discuss lost without giving spoilers that was an awesome idea what it might be really it might be really cool to be watching it for the first time knowing everything. That It might be. And, I mean, and it might be. It, some people probably are not going to like it, but I bet there's going to be a lot who would really enjoy 
Yeah. Watching it, knowing everything going in. And so we so we encourage your feedback. And uh, so for the people that are going to give feedback, when do you want them to call in by? Oh, if, oh, as far as feedback, if you want to actually talk about the show and get your thoughts on the episodes, uh, very good. Thank you very much, Kim. If you guys want to be a part of the discussion next week by including your listener calls into the program, uh, we would want you to please view the episode and call your comments in sometime either Wednesday evening or sometime during the day uh, Thursday and Friday may or may not be too late, but if you want to try to squeeze it in on Friday, that's fine. Uh, you may or may not get it in. If you don't get it in in time, you'll actually end up in the feedback segment of the following week's podcast. So so they can basically do it any time between now and next Thursday. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you make yeah. it in between now and next Thursday, uh, and you, you actually call area code 413-521-0958, there is about a 90% chance that you'll make it into our show. And if you actually email your comments to us, I will just be upfront and honest with you, there is about a 5% chance that you'll make it into our show. And the only reason is is because in my line of work, I get somewhere close to about 80 to 90 emails per day. And to actually sit down and, and pull that information out and read additional comments, I, I guess I get a little lazy. So, uh, called in comments are excellent and they are king, and they usually get played in our podcast. So, we really want to hear from you, especially again if you're a first time listener or viewer to Lost. We want to hear from you, we want to hear your perspective of what's going on. We want to ask, if you've got questions, we've got answers. So, <laughs> some. <laughs> And uh, we, 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 we still would, don't know where they are. <laughs> we would love to spoil the heck out of you, as you can tell in this podcast. Uh, we have some people to thank. And uh, the first people I want to thank are the uh, 104 people that have cast their votes for our podcast on PodcastAlley.com. Now, we are currently ranked 30th out of more than 20,000 listed podcasts. Wow. That is simply amazing and it just a, it's it's a testimony to the awesomeness of the listeners of the generally speaking podcast. Now do you want to know what's awesome? Is that is before I have even asked for a vote once on the podcast itself. These were just people on the forum and people that I had emailed asking, hey, we're going to start asking people to vote for our podcast. Here's the reasons why. Uh, if we can make it into the top 10 of Podcast Alley, which there is no question we can do that, what that means is we will be visible to literally thousands upon thousands of new listeners every single day. The more it's, There's no doubt that if we were in the top 10, we will actually gain thousands of new listeners. What that would mean is is more people contributing to the show with their listener comments, theories, and questions and insights into Lost. What that would mean is it would be more people on our Generally Speaking Lost forum who would actually be able to take part in the discussion in our online family that we have. Um, and what that would mean is uh, it would mean more talented people who have the ability to put together audio segments for our show to give us a more diverse perspective of loss and and bring in things like Trevor Carpenter's Lost the Insider where he does the biographies of some of the characters on the island where Kim does her subtle points where Eric does his um, Lost Experience Report. If we had thousands of new listeners, just imagine some of the creative things that some of our new listeners would come up with and contribute to our show. Um, I will I will be honest with you. 
it means financially big gains for our podcast. That means that if we were to if we were to go from six to seven thousand listeners all the way up to fifteen thousand listeners, I will tell you that that will mean a tremendous amount to me when I go out and speak to sponsors about our listeners and our demographics. It means that we would be able to generate more income as a result of that. Not only that, but in the time when we don't have sponsors to our show, it means that those people who contribute financially using the PayPal donate button, uh, there would be more of those people contributing five to twenty bucks on an occasion where they have the opportunity to do that. So, voting for us on Podcast Alley is a huge thing, and we have, like I said, somewhere between six and seven thousand listeners. And if we could get just ten percent of our listeners, just ten percent of our listeners to cast a vote for us, then it will be easy for us to make uh, the top 10 on the Podcast Alley site. And all you have to do is go to www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com and there's a big vote button in the middle of the thing at the bottom. You can't miss it. And I encourage you to do that as soon as you get the opportunity. And the thing is, is what's cool about Podcast Alley, and, I, and Stephanie's like, come on, wrap it up here, Cliff. Um, the thing that what's cool about Podcast Alley and 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 why I'm not focused on iTunes is because iTunes counts the number of subscriptions, which means that I mean I subscribe to a lot of podcasts just to hear what they sound like, and then I don't listen to them anymore, and I unsubscribe. Well, podcast Podcast Alley is not based upon a bunch of people who listen to a show and then might not listen to it anymore. Podcast Alley is all votes driven. And it starts fresh each and every month. On the first of each month, every podcast is on an equal level playing field. So it's not up just to the podcast. It is up to the listeners of the podcast. And so if we make it into the top 10, it's not because our podcast is the greatest podcast out there. It's because we have the greatest listeners out there. So when you cast a vote, you're casting a vote for yourself. How do you like that? Is that a sales pitch? And it starts, like I said, it starts fresh on the first of each month. And I have 108 people so far who have joined an emailing list. They've told me that they would like me to remind them on the first of each month to go and cast a new vote for our podcast on a monthly basis. And so if you cast your vote and you would like to be added to that list, send me an email. And just send it to cliff at ravenscraft.org. And in the subject line, just put add me to the list. And and we will add you to the list. And we will really certainly appreciate it. Uh, Wait, how many people do you have signed up for this? We have 108 people already Are signed up. Are you kidding? Up. No. Is the 108 like a coincidence? Oh, you know, I didn't no. even think about that. Kim, you, you catch things. You know that? You're, you're pretty... <laughs> You're pretty observant. So we want to thank uh, Kim for joining us this week. Uh, thank you, Kim, for setting si- time out of your busy schedule to be here. I know that you spent some time uh, when you could have been doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say what those other things or where those other things could have been at. Uh, <laughs> but we thank you for spending time researching Lost and, and being willing to join us. Uh, we want to thank um, all those who have contributed p- to our PayPal uh, account uh, with your contributions. Uh, we want to thank you who have uh, called into our listener line 
And uh, we want to thank everybody on our uh, Lost Forum for contributing to this show through our research into all the things that you had to say. And uh, we just are so blessed to have all the listeners that we have. And so we thank you very much. And if you have any questions, comments, give us a call. Area code 413-521-0958. And so until next time, guys, let's stay Stay lost. You have been listening to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958 to leave your comments and questions. And please, start with your name and where you're calling from. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal Donate button on our website at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening. We're going to need to watch that again. This podcast is sponsored by Jack Lilly Insurance, where you can buy term life insurance from my dad, Cliff Williams-Gatt. Call him toll-free at 888-364-5922. That number is 888-364-5922. Call my dad for all your term life insurance needs. Thank you for listening. It's Cliff's daughter.